First Chronicles 17 is where we're at this morning and want to kind of look at a short story. I'm going to read a verse, you're going to read a verse. We're going to read verses 1 through 6 this morning. First Chronicles chapter 17, verses 1 through 6. Let's read responsively. Let me start by reading verse 1. It says, Now it came to pass, as David sat in his house, that David said to Nathan the prophet, Lo, I dwell in a house of cedars, but the ark of the covenant of the Lord remaineth under curtains. Together. Then Nathan said unto David, Do all that is in thine heart, for God is with thee. And it came to pass the same night that the, Lord, or that the word of God came to Nathan, saying, Go and tell David my servant, Thus saith the Lord, Thou shalt not build me a house to dwell in. For I have not dwelt in a house since the day that I brought up Israel unto this day, but have gone from tent to tent, and from one tabernacle to another. Wherefore I have called... I'm sorry, forgive me. Let's together again. I'm messing you up. Verse 6 again. Wheresoever I have walked with all Israel, spake I a word to any of the judges of Israel, whom I commanded to feed my people, saying, Why have ye not built me a house of cedars? I want you to look back at verse number 4. It says this. Go and tell David my servant, Thus saith the Lord. What's the next three words? Thou shalt not build me a house to dwell in. Now this is probably not an unusual or an um, unfamiliar thought but God told David no. And I want to talk about that thought this morning of how God told David no. Was David asking for something that was wrong or bad? Yes or no? No. No, David was just simply, he said, you know, this is crazy. I'm living in this beautiful house and the Ark of the Covenant of God is in a tent. And David says to himself, you know what? I'd like to build a house that's beautiful for God uh, that would really represent the Lord where the Ark of God would be under a roof and not under a tent. And so he goes to the man of God and says, Nathan, uh, what do you think about this? Do you think it's a good idea about me building? And Nathan's first response was, David, that's an excellent idea. You should build God a house that would be the house of God, which, of course, we would refer to as the temple later, but the house of God. And so uh, that night, David goes to bed. I'm sure he probably started maybe thinking about blueprints and thinking about the materials that he's going to be needing, and all of this stuff is going through David's mind. And, uh, but that night, God comes to Nathan and says, Nathan, you go back and tell David I said no. You tell him, he's not, I don't want him building, building me a, a, a temple. He, and, and of course, we're going to read farther in the passage, but he basically tells Nathan that I had somebody else plan to build that temple, and that person is going to be Solomon, and it's not going to be David. All right? Are you all with me so far on the story? Say amen. amen. Now, I want to use the principle this morning of this idea of when God tells us no. In the Christian life, there are going to be things that we're going to want to do in our life that are not necessarily bad, but it's not God's will. God says no in our life. And, you know, we have to be able to accept that. I want to tell you, we're living in the society we're living in today. Nobody wants to be told no. And psychologists are telling parents not to tell their children no. All right? Somebody should have talked to my father. <laughs> Mary is working. Uh, uh, Mary, my sister, got a job over in Perry. Um, what's it called she's working at? But it's an elementary type of school. She does the younger ones, preschool type stuff. But they're not supposed to tell these kids no. And I said, well, what are they supposed to tell them? And she, uh, is Mary in here? Okay, Mary's skipped church this morning. That's a blessing. Um, no, she's helping in a class. But uh, they told her to set, tell the kids, are we making good choices instead of telling them no? Okay, well, I just want to tell you something. There's nothing wrong with telling a kid no, Okay. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not a psychologist. I'm a Baptist preacher. And I think in the Word of God, our Ten Commandments were not suggestions. And I'm going to tell you, we're every, and no, you, know, you might offend them or you might warp their personality. No, you might help their personality. 
it's interesting when you, uh, I was just looking on the internet to find out this idea of saying no, how popular it was. And they, they tell you not to say no. And for instance, they, they want you to do away with all what they call negativity and they want everything to be positive. Well, I'm just trying to tell you something. You cannot always be positive, all right? It, it's almost like this, this the society that we're having today where everybody's a winner. I just can't understand that, okay? Some people, some, church, some of our church family have their kids in the uh, Little League and that kind of stuff. And in the younger Little League, they don't even keep score because they don't want some kid to be offended that he lost. How stupid. You win, you lose. If you lose, you, you work harder so that you win. I think I'm changing the lesson this morning. Unbelievable. So they play a game and they give everybody a trophy because you participated. If you ever give me a participation trophy, I'm going to throw it back at you. I'm just letting you know, all right? Hey, if I lose, I lose, all right? But I, you're not going to pat me on the back for participating. You either win or you lose. Well, I want to tell you the same mentality has taken place when this idea of saying no. And I'm just telling you something. God sometimes says no. And he doesn't care about you being warped in your personality. So he tells David, and he tells him no. And I will say this about David. David took it right. Amen. David didn't say, well, how come? David didn't question when God says no. Now, just for me, the thought this morning that I want to deal with this morning is this idea of saying no. And I don't really, I don't really think it's the idea of when God says no that when you're necessarily doing wrong. When God says no when you're trying to do right. David was trying to build a temple for God. His motive was right. His, his thought patterns of why and all, all that went around it, there was nothing um, wrong or evil about what David wanted to do, but God still told him no. So on an adult level this morning, and I know we tell our children no, I want to talk to you for just a little bit about this idea of when God tells us no, all right? I find three things in this particular passage I want to point out to you that's very interesting to me. Let's pick up the first one in verse number four, all right? In verse number four, it says this, Go tell David, my servant, thus uh, saith the Lord, Thou shalt not build me a house to dwell in, for I have not dwelt in a house since the day I brought, brought up Israel unto this day, but I have gone from tent to tent, from one tabernacle to another, wheresoever I have walked with all Israel, spake I a word to any of the judges of Israel whom I commanded to feed my people, saying, Why have you not built me a house of cedar? Now, can I just tell you, what God was trying to say is this, I didn't tell you to do it, so what are you doing it for? You know, I think there's a lot of things that we do just because we think, and, and, and don't get me wrong here, we do, the, we do some things because it's the right thing to do, but we don't ever think about, okay, is that what God wants me to do? All right, and I, and I, know, I know that doing right and what God wants me to do, they do go hand in hand. But if in all thy ways acknowledge him and he should direct thy paths, in all thy ways, that means it's good or bad. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy path. My daughter, Sharon, called uh, yesterday and asked if she could take Stephanie and, and do some things with her and the kids and that. And I don't just say yes. I ask the Lord, is Stephanie supposed to, and there's nothing wrong with her being with her sister and that kind of thing. But even good things, you still always acknowledge God in. Because God says, hey, listen, I have a particular will for your life. In Revelation 4, verse number 11, you know, turn there because you, you probably, I know you've heard the verse, you probably remember it. But in Revelation 4, verse number 11, says this, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for thou hast created all things. Now listen to this. For thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they are and were created. All right? So what were you created for? The word pleasure there means desire or will. In other words, 
God created you to do his will for your life. So it was not God's will for David to build the temple and God just simply said, I didn't tell you to do that. Thou shalt not. I don't want you to do it. So again, when, when God tells us no, sometimes it's just a matter that it's not God's will. Church, I mean, our thoughts are not always God's thoughts. I don't care how much you think, well, God would want me to do this. Do you know how many times I've heard as a pastor, it's God's will. I can't, I'm, as your pastor, I can't tell you what God's will. There's been, I was talking to a guy yesterday. I don't know what God's will is for this particular guy's life. I can show them from scriptural principles. There's certain ways to find out God's will. Number one, is there anything that I'm doing that is, is against the scriptures? God's will and the scripture always go hand in hand. They cannot be separate. So if, God, if the scripture says you're not supposed to do something, then you've already figured out that's not God's will. All right? Is what I'm doing contrary to, to what the authorities in my life have said? If I'm a child, I talk to my parent. If I'm, if I'm a church member, I talk to my pastor. If what, I'm, if what I'm wanting to do is contrary to the authorities, if I'm a wife, I go to my husband. If what I want to do is contrary to the authorities in my life, I can just tell you right now, it's not God's will. Amen. There are certain things that you can figure out. You know, one, two, three, this is elementary. I can figure out what God's will is. There's sometimes... Like David building the temple, there was nothing wrong with David building the temple except for one thing. It was not God's will. Amen. I want to tell you something. You should find out what God's will is for your life. God's general will, sp spoken in the Bible, is very, very clear. It's God's will for you to be a servant. God's will for you to be a soul winner. It's God's will for you to live the sanctified life. It's God's will for you to submit to authority. It's God's will for you to suffer for his sake. And it's God's will for you to be satisfied with everything that comes into your life. Amen. It Amen. says those things in the scripture, God's will. But I want to tell you something, there's some things I just don't know. That's why he said acknowledge him in everything. So when, do, when does God say no? Sometimes he says no when it's just simply not his will. Is it bad? Well, no, not necessarily it's bad. It's just not his will. My brother and sister-in-law are here this morning. They have 10 children. And, uh, oh, they got married a couple years before us. Is that right, babe? One year before us, they got married before us. And Dave and Linda, boy, God allowed them to have children right off the bat. All right? How many children did they have before we even had our first one? They had all 10 before we had our first one, all right? Now, he's not right with God, I know that, but, you know, God reigns on the just and the unjust, all right? But uh, I, remember, I remember those years, we wanted children, but it wasn't God's will for us to have children. It's not that it's a big or bad, it was just wasn't God's will. There are things in your life that are going to take place, it's just a matter, that's not what God wants. You know, you have, how many of you got children here, raise your hand? Have your children ever asked you to do something and what they were asking was not necessarily wrong, but you just had a bad feeling about it and you didn't really want them to do it? It wasn't a matter that it was right or wrong. It's just that I, I don't, I'm not comfortable with that. I don't think you should do that. And they look at you and said, how come? David didn't do that. And by the way, what we get upset with our children for not trusting us ought to be a clue to you that you ought to trust God. Amen. It's just not his will. All right, quickly, number two. All right, if you want me this morning, say amen. amen. All right, here's what he says. First of all, the reason God told him no, it's because it was not uh, God's will. Second thing, look at your Bible again. Now look at verse number nine. Church, if you don't mind, let's just, I'm, it's not very many verses. Let me read verse seven, if you don't mind. So when David is told no, in verse number seven, he picks up, it says, Now therefore, thus shalt thou say unto my servant David, Nathan to David, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, I took thee, David, I took thee from the sheep coat, even from following the sheep, and thou shouldest be ruler over my people Israel. And I have been with thee whithersoever thou hast walked, and have cut off all thine enemies from before thee, and have made thee a name like the name of the great men that are in the earth. Verse number nine. 
Now, here's what I want you to notice. I want you to notice the, the future tense of some of these words here. Verse number nine. Also, I will, future tense, I will ordain a place for my people Israel and will plant them and they shall dwell in their place and shall be moved no more. Neither shall the children of wickedness waste them anymore as at the beginning. And since the time that I commanded judges to be over my people Israel, moreover, I will subdue all thine enemies. Further, further, more I tell thee the Lord will build thee in a house. And what's the first phrase of verse number 11? And it shall, it shall what? It shall come to pass. All right, now here's the thought that I, I want you to gather here in all of what God's saying to David through Nathan the prophet. Is he said, hey, listen, the reason I don't want him, thou shalt not. The reason I'm telling you no is, number one, it's not my will. It's not what I'm choosing. It's what you're choosing. It's not my will. And then number two, it's not my time. Shall. It shall come to pass. Everything was future tense that he was talking about David as far as him building the temple. And so it was not God's will, but it was not God's time. You know, in our life, sometimes, I don't know, you know, we don't think like God thinks. The Bible says his thoughts are not our thoughts, okay? He sees your life before you were born, while you're alive, and after you're dead. I mean, God sees the entire picture, all right? He's got the 360 surround. I mean, he, he understands what's going on in our life from beginning to end. And, you know, you talk about connecting the dots. He, he already knows which dots are going to be connected. But he has a specific time for those dots to be connected. You know, when it talks about Jesus Christ in the scripture, it says, but when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his son. In other words, God had a particular time for Jesus Christ to come die on the cross on, uh, for us. I, I like these verses about Sarah. Genesis 18, 14 says, Is anything too hard for the Lord? At the time appointed, I will return unto thee according to the time of life, and Sarah shall have a son. Three chapters later it says, For Sarah conceived and bare Abraham a son in his old age at the set time of which God had spoken to him. Can I tell you, God had a particular time. I, you've, I don't know if you've caught this verse before, but when reading the book of Exodus about the children of Israel coming out of Egypt, it says this, and it came to pass at the end of 430 years, even the selfsame day, it came to pass that all the hosts of the Lord went out from the land of Egypt. You know, can I just tell you, God has this whole thing planned out. I don't care what Satan thinks. You know, it's funny, he's got the same Bible he can read, but Satan is just really deceived on God. Satan is only allowed to do what God allows him to do. Would you agree with that? We know that from the book of Job, okay? The, how many times have you heard this? No man knoweth the day or, I'm talking about Christ's return. No man knoweth the day or the hour, except for the Son of Man. And of course, the Father knows when that, in other words, God has a set time when the rapture is going to take place. We don't know when it is. He's going to come as a thief in the night. If you're a Christian, you're supposed to live for thy kingdom come. When you got up this morning, you should have thought about God's return. Throughout the day, you should, my, uh, you know, I was thinking about my dad. My dad always used the phrase, Lord willing. Seemed like whatever, when he was making a statement, he'd say, Lord, Lord willing. And can I just tell you, it's the same way with him coming back. You know, if the Lord tarries, if God tarries his coming, the Lord's coming back. He knows exactly when it's going to happen. So why does God sometimes tell us no? He tells us no because it's not the right time yet. It's not the right time. Susanna came into my bedroom last night. My, she's my youngest, 10 years old. All right, Susanna's 10 years old. It's good thing I got a wife. I can't remember ages very well. So Susanna comes into my uh, room last night. I'm, our, I'm, laying in, I'm laying in bed getting ready to go to sleep here. And uh, my wife, we're talking a little bit. Susanna walks in, and she comes to the end of the bed. And, of course, she looked a little different. I couldn't figure out why. She says, Dad, can I wear this? 
tomorrow. Well, I couldn't figure out what she was trying to say. And then she steps to the side of the bed and she's got these six inch heels on. And I'm not lying, they were six inches. I mean, they were, they were really large. And uh, you know, I just looked at him and, uh, and uh, you know, what does your mother think? And she says, well, mom says I can't wear them. And my wife's standing right here, okay, we're having this conversation. And my wife said, uh, you don't need to wear those. Yeah, you're gonna, you grow up too fast. You don't need to wear those, all right? Am I correct how she said that? And my wife is looking at her at 10 years old. She doesn't need to be wearing those size heels because she's not old enough to be wearing those kind of heels because we don't want her to grow up, grow up too fast. Now, there's nothing wrong with heels. I understand what we're saying. The principle I'm trying to get you to see is it's not time yet. Amen. She's going to wear heels. She's going to grow up. I mean, I don't know, you know, the makeup thing. Do we have an age on makeup for these kids? You're just looking at me. Depends what kind of makeup, I guess, that kind of thing. Uh, you know, I don't want kids to grow up too fast, but there is going to be a time that they're going to they're do those things. But it's just not time yet. All right, so as a dad and as a mother, she, it's not time yet. You know, your heavenly father looks at you, and you know what he says? It's just not time. And we get, sometimes we get frustrated with God. How come I can't do this? There's nothing wrong with what I'm doing. How come you won't give me this particular job? Well, God's not giving me this particular job, maybe because, number one, it's not his will, but number two, maybe it's not time yet. I, I, Ace and Rachel are a blessing to me, and, um, you know, they grew up here, and then, of course, the Lord took them away and then brought them back, and uh, it's refreshing to have both of them back. I know I've mentioned in the service already, but to be honest with you, I think about them every once in a while, and I just think it was timing. I really do. I mean, I don't know what you think it was, but I just think it was, I think sometimes, yeah, maybe, maybe it wasn't God's will, but maybe it was just timing. That now, that now that the Lord allowed them to, to come back here. And can I just tell you something? Everything that you want to do in life can't happen just when you want it to happen. Amen. Sometimes it's God says, this is not the right time. And the same thing you do with your children, same thing God does with us. All right, so quickly, he says to David, the reason he told David no was, number one, I'm telling David you didn't know because it's not my will. Number two, I'm telling you it's not my time. All right? it's, not, it's, not, it's not my time for you to do that, all right? I want to show you one more thing this morning. Um, go down just another verse or two here. Uh, go back up to verse number 11. All right, verse number 11. Let me show you one last thing. So it's not, it's, not, it's not God's will. It's not God's time. Look at verse number 11. Here's what he says. He says, And it shall come to pass when the days be expired that thou must go to be with thy fathers, talking to David, David, when you're going to die, that I will raise up thy seed after thee, which shall be of thy sons, and will establish his kingdom. He shall build me a house and I will establish his throne forever. I will be his father, and he shall be my son. I will not take my mercy away from him as I took it from him that was before thee. But I will settle him. Church, I mean, have you figured out who the him that he keeps talking about is? Not Jesus. Solomon. All right, verse 14. But I will settle him in mine house and in my kingdom forever, and his throne shall be established forevermore, according to all these words and according to all this vision. So did Nathan speak unto David. So, uh, Nathan, as far as what God's telling him, he's making reference to Solomon being the chosen one. Can, can I point one more verse out? I'm almost done, but look at 1 Chronicles 28. Flip over to uh, chapter 28 of 1 Chronicles. I want to show you, show you another verse here. A little bit more of the story, I guess. 1 Chronicles 28. Let's pick it up just in verse number 5. David says this in verse number 5, 1 Chronicles 28. Of all my sons, for the Lord hath given me many sons, he being God, he hath chosen who? Solomon, my son, to sit upon the throne of the kingdom of the Lord over Israel, 
And he said unto me, Solomon thy son, he shall build my house and my courts, for I have chosen him to be my son, and I will be his father. Now there's more said there, and I'm going to stop. But what I want you to see is this, is sometimes God tells us no because it's not God's will. Sometimes he tells us no because it's not God's time. But sometimes he tells us no because you're not the right vessel. And I'm not talking about right as in being clean necessarily. As you're just not the one God chose for that. How many of you have a favorite cup that you like to use? All right. I'm finding that more and more people do. All right. Believe it or not, I do. I haven't been like that. I don't know who gave me the cup. It's got my name on it. Do you remember? School? Oh, whatever. I don't think so. Seriously? Okay, never mind. I'm not going to talk to you anymore. All right. Sometimes we have these conversations during Sunday school. I have to catch up on things, all right? I have this one cup. It's just a simple cup. I think it's a Walmart cup. I don't think it's very, you know, I'm not going to look at you anymore, all right? So, but it's got a ridge at the bottom, a ridge at the top. It's narrow enough to fit in my car. It's not one of those things that's, you know, thin and fat or all fat. It's just a nice narrow cup. And uh, when I get a sweet tea from McDonald's, I can pour almost, almost all of it except one little sip. I can pour it all in there put the cap on that thing, and it, I'm telling you, it, it's still got ice at the end of a day. I mean, it's one of those insulated cups. I, I like the cup, all right? all right? I'm not trying to sell the cup. I just like the cup, all right? How many of you got your cup, all right? Got your cup? How many it's a coffee cup? Raise your hand. Get right with God, all right? Coffee cup. How many it's just for cold drink? A cold drink, all right? I'm not going to ask you if it's for alcohol, but anyway. Um, but all of you, or many of you, have a favorite cup. But can I tell you something? When I go in this morning, I got back from McDonald's, I went into the kitchen to find that cup because that cup has a purpose for me and I like that cup for what it's good for. It keeps it cold all day long. It's sitting in my car right now and when I come out, it'll be in the heat or whatever, how warm it is right now. But when I come out there after, this, after the service this morning, I will drink a cold sweet tea because it will stay cold in that cup. Can I just tell you, I don't know what kind of cup you are. Maybe you're a thin cup, maybe you're a fat cup. I don't know. But whatever kind of, maybe you're a well-insulated cup. All right. I don't know what kind of cup you are, okay? But can I just tell you that all of us have a favorite cup, and I'm just telling you you've got that cup for a particular purpose, and sometimes God tells us no because you're not the cup. You're not the one that God has chosen for this particular thing. David, I know you want to build me the temple, but I don't want you to build me the temple. I want your son Solomon to build me the temple. He's the one that's going to have rest. You're a man of blood. You're a man of war. He's going to have rest. There's not going to be any kingdoms fighting. When it's time to build that temple, no one's going to fight him. He's just going to have all the time in the world to build me that temple because God saw the future. So that's the vessel that I want. Listen, we've got a lot of young people growing up in the church here. And man, if I could pick the young people and say, listen, surrender your life. Let God use you. I would pick, 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 pick. God doesn't do that. God's the one that calls somebody into ministry. God's the one that calls somebody, whether it's pastor, missionary, ministry. God's Amen. the one that does that in our life. Amen. But you know what? He has every, have every right to do that. Why? Because we're the clay and he's the potter. Amen. He can make the clay for whatever he wants the clay to be. Right. I was talking to Brother Cornwell before the Sunday school hour for just a moment. And uh, we were talking about the church in Topeka. And he's, him and his wife are praying as far as will the Lord have him go over there. And I don't want the Cornwells to leave. I don't want anybody to leave. But I know it's God's will for some people to leave. And God's going to choose the cups. And he's going to choose which ones need to go over to Topeka and help get that church started and be a foundation of a church. If God tarries his coming, be a church there for years and years to come to win people to Jesus Christ. Amen. But to be honest with you, I like the cups that are here. I don't want any cups leaving. But that's not what God does. God picks and chooses 
and he says, okay, this is the vessel I want for this. This is the vessel I want for this. I want this one to be a Sunday school teacher. I want this one to be a bus worker. I want this one to work in the nursery. I want this one to teach in the Christian school. I want this. God chooses the cup. And by the way, if you're not in full-time Christian service, it doesn't change the fact God still chooses you. I want this one to be a soul owner. I want this one to be a help to the preacher. I want this one to, God chooses. Hey, most of you are old enough to, for, for you to say what I'm about to say. I sure am glad God doesn't let me do everything I want to do. Amen. Amen. Praise God. I sure am glad. Amen. Hey, sometimes God's going to tell you no. And it might not be for a, a bad thing you're asking. It's just not his will. It's just not his time. And it's just not the vessel he wants for that particular purpose. Listen, we tell our kids, have a good attitude when I tell you no. But yet so many times we get upset when he doesn't let us do what we want to do. Sometimes you just got to let God say no. It's for your benefit. 